See, anyone who says that God is boring, that his people are boring, that the Bible is boring, they haven't truly tasted, have they? He said, taste and see that the Lord is good. Once you've tasted it, there's no other taste that will satisfy, is there? There is nothing like God's presence. And his presence is here today. It's already here. Just, I just pray, Lord, today, right now, I just pray that your presence would penetrate our hard, stiff-necked hearts, Lord. It's so quick and it's so easy to get in this world and get focused on our day. And I thank you, Lord, that you are merciful to us and you soften us by your presence. Just by being with you, Lord, you bring a peace in us and a joy and a hope in us and life. And we pray in Jesus' name that your word would do that work today in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I've been this month, uh, I felt the importance to talk about the Word. Capital W, the Word. Jesus Christ, as I said last week, we've been taking our text from Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12. The Word is Jesus, and Jesus is the Word. If you want to know Jesus, you have to know his word. If you know the word, then you'll know Jesus. And there's an absolute assault today on the word of God. Today, just like it has been, I was just as during worship, I was picturing the book burnings during World War II. And there was this assault on you knowing anything other than what they wanted to tell you. What the, what the nation, what the powers that be at the time, they didn't want you to know anything other than what they said. That was a spirit of Satan that led Hitler and the Nazis to do that. And that same spirit is, it is, is rallied against the church in this time. You have unlimited, even I was just, I didn't mean to be off in my own place, but I was just meditating. This nation, I'm not going to get into politics, but we are making decisions right now behind closed doors. Actually, it's in the news. You just don't know it because they name it things like TTP. They name things with little initials so that these things just breeze past you and you don't know what that is. And what that is, is that is a government sanction over the internet. And that is already passed. It's not about to pass. It has passed. It's just what that means now. And the, the reason that these things are coming is because they said that actually at a quote from our president, he said, we can't let the internet be the wild, wild west. That's a direct quote. Now, the reality is, is that sounds good. They're saying the black market. They're saying there's, there's so much, uh, you know, um, child pornography and things like that. And what they do is they paint a picture of like, oh, yeah, that's right. We need, to, we need to license those things. But you mark my words. China has a different name for it, but they have their own knowledge. They have, actually, they have the government-allowed church. But it's been edited to what they, what they want to, you to know. And you are not allowed to go outside of their internet. 
And the time is coming. That's just, that's just in the world. But the time is coming. Even in the church where the Bible, you'll start hearing it less and less and less. And I've already said it a couple times in this series that other religions, even the Muslim faith, the fastest growing religion over Christianity in the world started from the Bible. But at 700 AD, he veered from the word. And I see that as such a strong warning to us as his believers to not veer from the word. It took hundreds of years to even get it into a single catalog of books and then thousands of years until it even made it to the English language. But that's not to, for us to look and say we don't need it because of the took all, you know, all that time. They didn't have it then. We should be incredibly grateful and thankful at God's preservation that he got it to us now. And the other sects, SCTSs of religion that have veered off from the Christian faith, from the pure faith that started with the apostles in the first the first decades after Jesus, they were just speaking it and penning down their time with Christ. And it was already being written. In fact, John said in John chapter 20, verse 30, he said, the disciples saw Jesus do many other miraculous signs in addition to the ones recorded in this book, but these are written these are written. In other words, John says, I felt the Spirit of God call me to write them down. They were written so that you may continue to believe. See, when you push yourself away from the Word, when you distance yourself from the Word, when preachers stop preaching the Word, you're going to lose the Jesus, that's the DNA of the church itself. And that's why we have powerless churches today. But they were written so that you may continue to believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing in Him, because you read what was written, you will have life by the power of His name. And I just, so I just see that there is such importance to the word. There's a there's a struggle against the Word of God. And I see that if we, there's even a time coming that the deception the Bible says for the last day would be so great that even the elect, the elect is not the smart people. The elect is not the government elected. The elect is talking about the church of Jesus Christ, the ones, the true believers, the ones like us here today, worshiping Him and believing in Him and gathering together because we want to. That's the elect. And that elect, it says in the last days, that the deception will be so great that even they will be deceived. And so I believe that we need to anchor more than ever even, I'm not going to, I'm not trying this. Listen, we live, we have such freedom and I thank the Lord. I just prayed. I do remember 9-11. I remember that the Lord's had mercy for 15 years. We should remember that that front has been kept. You can think whatever you want. You can decide what ISIS is and you can have that debate outside church another day. 
whatever it is and whoever started it doesn't really matter. But you do have to admit for 15 years that they haven't been able to touch this nation again. We have to see God's mercy in that, that it happened, but then he's kept it back. People gathered and they prayed and they've kept it back. And our soldiers have died as well in the name of this nation to keep that back by God. So we have to see his mercy, but as much as we have freedom and he's held it back, there will be a time, it's prophesied, there will be a time where you'll have to try to find the word of God. And if you know it, if it's in you, if you've got it, then they can't take it from you. They could burn your book, but if it's so ingrained in your DNA... They can't take that, can they? And so we need the scriptures. They tell us who God is. They tell us what pleases God. They tell us, the scriptures tell us what displeases him. The scriptures teach us how to love, how to be a father and a mother, how to be a friend. They even tell us how to be a proper enemy. The scriptures tell us everything we need because we've already established that it's Jesus. Last week I said, the line that I believe the Lord gave this church, take my word for it. Whatever you're facing, whatever you're going through, his word is the perfect tool for it. Take my word for it. And when you do, you have the creator of all things working for your situation. That's an amazing thing. Amazing. So let's jump right into it because I want to say a lot and I'm going to keep it to the time. In Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12, let's go right to this verse that I've been anchoring from. We're going to keep anchoring from this verse. It says in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12, uh, Mariah, can you pull it up in the Amplified, please? The word that God speaks is alive. It's alive because it's Jesus. Jesus is alive. Life and it's full of everybody say this word together power. One more time, it's full of power, making it, in other words, what the Amplified does and why I love to read from it is they're gonna they tell you this Greek word here that we see as we've translated into English as power. Here's the definition power, which means it's active, it's operative. It's energizing and it's effective. The word of God is alive and active and operative and energizing and effective. I had no idea when I started this series what time frame I was looking at. I just felt like I needed to go here and start preaching on it. And there's one little verse. That's about all we're going to make it to today. I just, that's what the Lord's got us. So, you know what? Linda, are you like me? How many times do you have to hear something to remember it? Okay, so let's just trust the Holy Spirit on that. (laughs) It's okay. All right, so last week I finished the sermon, and I just squeezed it in because I wanted to enter this week. I finished the sermon on this. Jesus Christ tells of himself in John chapter 6. It says, In verse 32, I tell you the truth, Moses didn't give you bread from heaven, my father did, speaking of the manna. 
And now he offers you the true bread from heaven. The true bread of God is the one who comes down from heaven, speaking of himself. The true bread is the one who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. And sir, they said, give us that bread every day. Jesus replied, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry. Whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. And I, Jesus is talking to them. This was based on super quick. If you want to hear more of it, um, you can talk to me personally. Go listen to last week's podcast. Uh, manna was just this white, like flaky substance. The best way to describe it is like a like crystallized substance that the Lord, the dew, like you see the dew, and it would harden. You could gather it up. You could make a bread with it, and that's it. You could get through a whole day with that bread. This was a super special bread from God called manna, and it was um, something that Jesus then ultimately fulfilled. He was teaching us that I am all you need. They were in a wilderness time. They had come out of Egypt. They had nothing else, but the Lord provided for them. He taught them that he was all they needed, and all they needed to do was eat him, eat of him. That's what Jesus said, eat my, he says just a few verses later in John 6, eat of my flesh, drink my blood. You have uh, an encounter with me. You put me in you, and you will have life. And so Jesus refers to that. So I just want to work on that thought, that Jesus is life, but he is what you need to eat. Your spirit is just as hungry and just as thirsty as your physical body. You just don't realize it. We are literally walking around starving. Our spirit, man, is starving. It's just, it's actually, the Bible says the spirit's groaning. Well, what does your stomach do when it's hungry? Starts groaning, give me something to eat. That's what, that's the interpretation. That's what, you know, that's what it's saying to you. You have, if you're like me, who's ever like pushed through, like I'm going to skip lunch. I'm not that hungry. Who's ever done that? And all of a sudden, you start going into a coma. You were hungry. Your adrenaline was running. And you're like, man, you got a job to do. Or how about, you're like, I'm not that hungry. I go out at dawn. I'm like, let's just get something light. I'm not that hungry. Neither am I. And all of a sudden, as soon as you start eating, you realize how starving you actually were. All of a sudden, you're like, oh, my God, this is just an appetite. I need to eat now. I'm starving. I believe that our spirit man is groaning. It's looking for sustenance, for food. And we some, I think that we just get so distracted. But if you look at the telltale signs of our physical body, we start feeling drained, start feeling a little comatose. Who is is like just right now with God who feels like, man, you are on cloud nine. Man, you need nothing. Life is just great. Is anybody in this church in that place? I don't want to show of hands. I think most of us need a little bit more. And we know we do. 
Our spirit needs just a little more of him today. And that's the sign, just as your body's sign, that we need him. I know when I'm weak, I need him. In fact, I say to the Lord all the time, I feel far from you. I mean, I'll be at church on Sunday and preaching, which takes a lot, I mean, not just attending, which is no knock against you guys versus me up here, but that means I've spent an enormous amount of time with him all weekend. And then I'll come in our Tuesday night, but by Wednesday sometimes, man, I just feel far. I feel far. You get going in your day and in your work, and it's our spirit man. It needs him, just as your body does. If you ate on Tuesday night, went to bed, got up on Wednesday morning, and went through your day thinking, I ate on Tuesday, how quickly is your body going to start going, ding, 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 I'm hungry. What, by 9 a.m.? I'm starving. I'm starving. How often we say that? We live in this easy-to-eat culture, grab food so easily. It's like, I'm starving. I haven't eaten since breakfast. <laughs> Our spirit man is the same. We just, it, the devil tries to suppress that voice, tries to cloud it, and tries to, that's why the world's men, they can't get enough. You can't do enough. You can't go far enough. You can't achieve enough because we're starving for something and they just don't know how to fill that starvation in us. But we as the church, we come to Christ. The devil will try the same exact strategy because you're just as human, just as flesh as you were before, but that flesh is dying. It is dying. Thank you, Lord. Our spirit man is alive with him instantly. But that flesh is Tony's favorite sermon I just came in that moment, you know, it's the man, he's got his hand around your ankle and you're dragging this flesh along. He's a dead man, it's true. He's not you anymore, but he will try to drag you back into your old nature. That's a reality. And the devil will work really hard to get that guy to be your focus instead of looking to Christ. All right, let me make some sense of this sermon. Just keep moving here. Jesus tells us the key is to eat and to drink of him. This is the key, to be alive like him because you are putting him who is life in you. We can even look at the Lord's Prayer. Jesus said the simplest prayer you can ever pray, the Lord's Prayer. And one of the lines he says is, give us this day our daily bread. If Jesus said this is a prayer to pray, I'm going to listen. If a pastor that I respect says this is a great prayer that's worked in my life, I'll listen. I'll apply that. But when Jesus says, hey, this is a prayer to pray, let's listen. And if Jesus and just a few, I mean, he only says a few things. Talks about our forgiveness, talks about our need of him, talks about keeping the enemy away from us, and talks about the, his deity declaring who he is. But then he says this line, give us this day our daily bread. He's not talking about your food that you need to consume, although God will do that. 
when you are walking with him, he will give you. He says, don't worry about your life. Don't worry about all those things. Don't focus on your food and your clothing because I'll take care of you just like I take care of the birds, just like I take care of the flowers. They don't try. I'll just take care of you. So that's there. But Jesus was talking about something else. In fact, he talks about this with a conversation with Satan. Jesus has a conversation with Satan in Matthew chapter 4. And in verse 4, he talks about this bread. He says, as Satan was trying to tempt him to, to get into, as hard as it is to understand for us, try to get Jesus into his flesh. Satan was trying to tempt Jesus to, to do something in his own strength. And if it's a temptation, you've heard me say this before, it wouldn't say it was a temptation if it wasn't. So this is something that Jesus had to overcome. He had to decide, I'm relying on my Father. And he replied, he replied, man does not live by bread alone. His life did not come from bread, but he refers bread to every word that comes from the mouth of God. When Jesus prayed the prayer, give us this day, today, our daily bread. What Jesus was saying is, God, we need a fresh, brand new word from you today. I need to get in your word and I need to see some life for today. For instance, you're about to go to a trial. You're in court. And the Lord, you read, you open up your word and you read that I will never leave you and I will never forsake you. And now you've eaten something for your spirit man to have life today. Just as your body needed life in the morning to get through your day, now your spirit man has been fed a truth of his word that will give you life to get you through that. Now you still have to decide to believe it. I'm going to get to that. I don't want to get ahead of myself here. just want to read a couple of verses for you. This, is, this theme is in the whole word. Job in 23 verse 12 says, I have not departed from his commands, but have treasured his words more than daily food. In Jeremiah 15 verse 16, he says, When I discovered your words, when I discovered your words, I devoured them. They are my joy and my heart's delight, for I bear your name. And it says in Psalm 119, 103, how sweet are your words, how sweet are your words to me. They are sweeter, Psalm 119, 103, sorry. Psalm 119, 103, your words are sweeter than honey. And Isaiah 55, 10 through 11, it says, the rain and the snow came down from the heavens and stay on the ground to water the earth. They caused the grain to grow, producing seed for the farmer and bread for the hungry. And verse 11, it is the same 
When he says the same, what is he referring to? The same way that he worked with the snow from heaven that causes the ground to have moisture, causing things to grow, causing a seed to create the bread to eat. It is the same with my word. I send it out and it sometimes produces fruit. It always produces fruit. I will accomplish all I want it to, and it, my word, just as I send the rain, and just as, I, as Jesus then talks about in the New Testament, as we just referred to, just as I look over that flower, and I cause it to grow, and that's because of me, and it's got sun from me, and moisture from me, my word will prosper everywhere I send it. I wanted to emphasize today the importance of not just reading, not just hearing, not just understanding. There are colleges that break down the Bible and they know it better than me and don't know Jesus Christ. They know the words, not the word. And I believe the key here is to eat it. You need to eat the word. When you eat it, it will feed you. It will sustain you. I believe our spirits are hungry. I believe the Lord just spoke a few things to me that his church is malnourished. And also that we are what we eat. The church has eaten a lot of junk food recently. And what do you get? You know what we get when we eat junk food. I don't need to create that analogy for you. Our bodies, just in science now, has discovered, we already knew it in the natural, if you don't eat and drink, something begins to happen. But science now says that after three days on average, there are times that someone has bypassed this, but after three days without water, you will die on average. You will die. Imagine three days without water, and yet the Lord, and yet the greats of the word. David wrote in the Psalms, Job, who God said, man, this guy, Satan, have you seen this guy, Job? God talks of Job as this, um, this amazing man who honored God, and Job said, it's your words that I eat daily. Imagine if three days our body dies without water, what happens to our spirit after three days without the water of the word? Do we realize how starving we are? Uh, listen, I've done it before. I can sit right on this front row and preach to myself. I am just as guilty, and that's why I can preach this with passion. I know this is what I need. I know this is what we need as his church. If we are living spirits, it's a living being, and the word is a living thing to give us life. You know, food is still living. A Twinkie is not living. 
That's why it can last for 100 years, because it's dead. <laughs> Does nothing for you whatsoever, except give you cancer if you eat enough of them. But food is alive. In fact, there's a point with a vegetable, right? You could cook it for taste, but there is a point where its living qualities start dying. You don't want to cook it too far. Technically, we do because, you know, we want the taste, and I think we're, we're okay. You can still live. You get enough other nutrients in you. But the, food is living. It's, his living word is food. It's not just a food that you can have because this is advantageous to you. And this is what I wanted to hit today. The word is not a tool that will help you. It is essential. Without it, you are going to die. It's just a matter of time. You start twisting it and mixing in your own ingredients with it. Ooh, that's a good one. Start making some junk food out of it. That'll kill you too. But the pure the wholeness, whole food, right? So there's a whole new, I mean, the society's starting a little bit to think differently about the green, about the whole, about the nutrient. It's like, I believe it's a spiritual thing. Society is starting to wake up a little bit. They don't know how, but they want pure. They don't want mess with anymore. Society's tired of you touching their stuff. Stop touching my butter and calling it a buttery taste spread. I said to Lena, what is this? Give me real butter. God made a cow who makes milk, and all we have to do is churn it, and it makes butter. It's not that hard. Why do I want a buttery taste spread? Society is already starting to wake up, some of society. Some thinks we're kooks that wants actual real butter. That's just society, and I think it's a spiritual condition. People are, they don't want you to touch. They don't want tainted. They don't want messed with. We want pure, and I believe it's God's heart for his people. It's God's heart for now. We need his word. We are dying without it. The church statistically is dying. I don't care. Yes, there are mega churches that are exploding in certain specific regions and cities, but statistically, by the numbers, we are negative every year. The church is dying. We need to put more life. We need to go back to when it was alive and thriving and living. And you've heard me say this. I said this a couple weeks in a row. In communist nations where they're in the underground church, there is no twisted, tainted. They don't have time for that. They just have the pure, clean word of God, and it's growing exponentially in the underground. And their life's at stake. We just need some more real life, real word, real Jesus backing us. And for the next few minutes, I just want to drive home. If I can finally get out of the first part of this first of this verse. Put up Hebrews chapter 4 there for me, Mariah. The second thing it says is alive, and we've spent a lot of time on this, on alive, is that it is, Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12, it's alive and powerful. The Word of God is powerful. It's full 
of power. You know, this word here, as I already described to you, is a Greek word. It almost says energy in itself. It's a word that means where we get the word energy from. It's energies, however you say it in Greek. But that's the, word, that's the spelling, E-N-E-R-G-I-E-S. It's energy. You know, Satan is a copycat. That's all he can do. He's always wanted to be God. That's his game plan today. The satanic church, they have their Bible. They have their worship services. All his foreign cults and foreign religions, they have their Bibles. They have their worship services. Nothing has changed. But all he can do is copy God. He can just make a copy of the original. The New Age, they talk about energy. Talk about there's energy. Don't you feel the energy? It's the spirit of God, man. You're a spirit man, and I'm a spirit man, and God's after that spirit man since the day you were born. That's the energy, and what you're feeling is Satan and God wrestling for your soul. And when we give over to darkness, the wrestling, we start, the Bible talks about a hardness, you start feeling that less and less. But as we start coming to Christ, what happens? Man, you start feeling that wrestling again, don't you? That thing starts becoming real in you, and a new believer has a tough time with that moment, don't they? Because God has now rescued you back from darkness, and there's this struggle, and, and there's this energy from God. It's a life, you were dead before. The Bible says without Christ, you were dead. The energy, that feeling is that life is actually being put back. It's whatever it is, 50,000 volts. How many volts is in that thing? The shockers. Man, I'm really, I'm so educated. Aren't you guys glad I'm, you haven't educated us? Whatever, it doesn't matter. You know what I mean. We put the shockers on their chest and we're pumping life pumping energy back into that heart. The Bible says of itself that the word is alive and powerful. It has energy. And the new age can start to try to seek it in their own ways and tap into weird stuff. But this is all they can do is copy that the word of God, the original, is energizing for you. In fact, this culture that we live in is an energy craving culture. Did you notice this? We have Red Bull, Monster Energy, Five Hour Energies. Oh, those are the healthy ones. The old classic caffeine. We are an energy craving culture. We seek more energy. How can we get more energy to do more? I remember a billboard, it said, the energy crisis is over. Our spirit man is weak. I say it to the Lord all the time. I'm not afraid to admit it. In fact, most Sundays when I'm praying in the back room before I come out here, Lord, I'm weak, but I'm strong in you. I know that there's an energy in me that's not me, but coming from him, coming from his word. Just like you put an energy drink into you to do something in you that you couldn't do before that, 
You put the word in you and it creates an energy in you. We are spiritually hungry and thirsty and energy deficient. This is the hardest thing. I think this is such a a tough concept to get. Who's a big fan of survival shows? Anybody? Nobody. Two people. Okay. I'll talk to you guys. Who likes Bear Grylls? All right, there you go. Anybody like Bear Grylls? Okay, well, this guy, amongst all the others, they do something that would be counterproductive to most of society. In fact, he says this is where people mostly fail in a wilderness survival experience. To stop and rest and eat. Our nature is to go, go, go until all of a sudden you find yourself in the dark. You haven't prepared. You've got no shelter. You're hungry. You haven't started a fire. But he does something that, and they all do it. They stop. There's a point where they know, I need X amount of time. This is what I need to do. And it would seem, and it does seem, I mean, I've heard them say it, that most people would fail. Because what they do usually in the survival shows, they replicate a real one. And unfortunately, some of them have lived, some of them have died, and they'll go out in that scenario and show you how to survive if you're ever caught in this situation where this person didn't make it. And what they usually do is they'll show you that you need to stop. You need to rest. It's so counterproductive to our mind. But when we stop and we rest in God and we refuel in Him, When you get back up, even if it's small, even if it's little, sometimes all he can do is pick up locusts or grubs, but it's just enough protein, just a little bit of energy to get him through a little bit further. And he knows when he starts feeling weak that that's his priority. If I go, 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 I'm going to die because that's what happens. But spiritually, the devil just gets this, like, we're in this matrix, this coma, and we're just going through. And the Lord is trying to just get our eyes to see that we need his energy. We need his power. We don't need, I'm not saying if you're tired, don't drink a coffee. That's not what I'm saying. I love coffee. But what I'm saying is that we are spiritually weak all the time. And what it does is, what, does, what happens when you get weak? We get apathetic. We don't want to do anything. When we're tired and weak, we just, uh. And it's funny, this is the crazy thing with God is that we need to stop and rest and eat, which feels like the same thing as our apathy. But you need to get that in you. You need to stop. You need to put him in you so that then you don't get to that place. It can look the same. We can get to a place of either forced rest where you can't even, sometimes you just don't have the strength. What happens is like the survival stuff, they'll say that how much energy is this going to cost me now to get the energy I need? That means you've waited too long. You need to stop well before that, 
keep yourself going. And God, that's why it's a daily bread so that you're never starving. But I feel starving all the time. Like I said, I'm right with everybody else because we, I'm not even saying we're not reading it, but you can whip through some time with him and you got stuff to do, right? We got stuff that matters. We're like little ants in our anthill. We got stuff to do. And we can feel like, man, this today matters. Meanwhile, God's looking at us like we are looking at little ants who are so busy. And God commends them. I'm not going to knock the busy. I'm not going to uh, mock our, our um, wanting to achieve and to do. That's, you know, that's, that's God-given. But if that's your focus, then we're just, you know, he's looking at us saying, like, just take a chill pill with me for a minute. And as we close, I just want to do a, a little bit of, I just want you to finish with this, this thought. There's the third thing that it means, and it says, or the fourth thing here in this list, that it's effective. just want to close with that. The word only works. It's like this. I have from a health food store, this is amazing grass. It is a green superfood. It's the healthy energy bar. If you break open the inside, it's a chocolate cherry almond. Sounds good. Looks a little bit different than your classic chocolate cherry bar that you're going to find in the grocery store. It's green inside all the way through. <laughs> but what's interesting here is That this word also means it's effective. In fact, this word for power is only used three times in the Bible. This time it's used for, as power. Most, for most translations, it's used as power, except for the Amplified that's showing you a broader definition of the word. But the other two times it's used, it's the word effectual, which basically means why that the Greek says it also means these other things. It's making it active. It holds the ability. The word of God is living with or without you. The word of God does not need you to be alive. It doesn't need you to have the power to activate you. This bar, if I believe it, says it has protein. It says it's a whole food nutrition bar. If I read the back, I can read it just like we could read the word of God. And I can read about that it's gluten-free, it's fair trade, it's vegan. You can read that it's got all kinds of great stuff in it, like spirulina. Mmm, yum. I can read it, and it's here. The energy is right there in that green stuff. Or I can, I can eat it. Now what's happened is the word that was just as alive with or without me eating it started to activate something in me. Something's starting to become effective, effectual, coming to life. I felt a little tired. I didn't eat anything yet today. And now the energy within this bar is transferring 
from itself fully here and now here. I read it. I can look at this. I can carry it in my pocket. I can even start to believe it. That it's a great, this bar, I could just carry this around. Did you know that this green superfood bar gives you natural energy? I thought that a picture is worth a thousand words. It's not until our belief lines up with his words, now all of a sudden, a power, an energy, a life that was just as much in it before starts working in me. This is why God needs you. He's not looking for your 10-minute Bible study. In fact, the minutes are not important. It's not about the minutes. He's looking for you to sit with him and say, Lord, I don't care what it says. I believe it. And when you do that, that word starts activating something. The DNA, see, we were made in his image already, but sin and our flesh, the separation from God, causes us look our own way. We're living for ourselves. When we start coming back to him, you don't need to eat the word to make a choice to believe it. When you come to Christ, the first thing is, is that before I open this and before I put it in my mouth to eat it, is that I came to the point where I believed it was worthwhile eating. That sounds familiar. Sounds just like our salvation. We come to the place where we believe it, but belief is not enough, is it? That's why it says that the demons, they believe and they tremble. But it's when we take it and we put it in us. And once you do that, then the life within it is now in you. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for your word. I thank you, Lord, that you have called us your sons and daughters. You have called us your people. I thank you, Lord, that you have never forsaken us, no matter what we faced, no matter what it's looked like. We have seen you come through for us time and time again. And we thank you, Lord, that today... We're looking to you once more. And then tomorrow, we're going to look to you again. And the next day, again, for that day, that you are our God, that you are all that matters, that nothing else compares. I pray, Lord, that your word today would sink in deep and be food for our spirits today. In Jesus' name, amen.